Hello and welcome to another episode of the Steve Poos Benson Podcast. It's great to come to you here today. As always, I'm down in my basement in my underground radio studio. I have my low-tech snowball microphone and my laptop and my garage band uh, platform. I'm bringing you the latest thoughts of my head. And that's the purpose of this podcast. I want to share with you the latest thoughts from my head, hoping they will in some way spark your own imagination and your faith to wake you up to new ideas and insight, hoping maybe new doors will open up for you. Today I want to talk about fear and overcoming fears, especially in light of the COVID-19 virus where our fears are amped up. I want to see if I can share with you how I deal with my fears, hoping this will in some way empower you to overcome, confront, and overcome your own fears. So, pop in your earbuds, go for a walk, wash the dishes, clean the house, or sit back in your easy chair, and let's talk about fear. Now, why would I want to talk about fear? There are thousands of books by people far wiser than I am that have written about fear. Why shouldn't I just encourage you to read those books? Well, maybe you should, But I thought that in light of the COVID-19 virus, I think we should take a second look at fear. I mean, I haven't taken a second look at my fears and how to overcome them so we might thrive in the middle of the COVID-19 virus, especially now while we're coming out of quarantine. I just don't want to survive. I want to thrive in the middle of this COVID-19 virus. I don't want to be so intimidated by it that I can't live and thrive. So these are things that I've been practicing in my own life that I want to offer to you. Okay, a few thoughts. First, the first thing I want to note is that there is a difference between overcoming fears and dealing with anxiety and truly an anxiety disorder. You know, there are things that are very real fears that are grounded in profound trauma from something that has happened to you. Um, If this is you, then I encourage you to seek the help from a therapist or doctor. My 10 little steps that I'm going to offer are nothing compared to the profound journey that you're on. Um, I want you to find a therapist. I want you to find a doctor. I want you to find a psychiatrist. I want you to find the right medication that you need to help you deal with your anxiety and with your fears. So my little 10 steps, they might help you along the way but I encourage you to seek the help that you deserve. Now, having said that, let's dive in. You know, I believe we have to accept that fear is an important part of the human creation. Our fears have kept us safe. Our fears keep us from doing things that might damage us. You know, I believe we need to pay attention to our fears and allow them to guide us. Let's be clear. Uh, I'm afraid of giving, getting the COVID-19 virus. I'm not afraid to say that. I have want nothing to do with it. I'm sheltering in place. I believe I'm safer at home. I wear a mask if and when I go out in public, which is rare. No, I'm afraid of this virus. When I say overcome my fears, I'm not talking about doing something stupid or rash. I'm not talking about taking off the gloves, taking off the mask, just engaging public, going into public restrooms, going into public places. You know, I think the governor is trying to to do a good thing by waking us up slowly, re-engaging the economy slowly. I don't believe we should just be diving in and going back uh, to life as it was. You know, I was really taken aback when one of the largest religious organizations in the state of Colorado 
allowed their congregations to start going back. I thought to myself, going back to worship services, I thought to myself, this is the most irresponsible thing that uh, that the per- that the group has asked has allowed their people to do. I keep on thinking to myself, you know, the fear overcoming fear is not about doing something rash or stupid. Our fear is there for a reason, and we need to allow it to guide us as we go forward. Now, having said that. I think that we have to realize that there are fears that we need to be able to confront and that we do need to be able to get over them. So what are you afraid of? Here's a list of the top 10 things that Americans fear most. The study is done in 2018 from the Chapman University. Notice how these things, while people were afraid of them in 2018, if pulled today, how these fears might really change. And that's why I, when I was putting this together, I found myself thinking, Man, would we be worried about some of the same things, but also some of the different things. Okay, 2018, people worried about one. The first number one and the greatest fear was corrupt government officials. Two, pollution of oceans, rivers, and lakes. Three, pollution of drinking water. Four, not having enough money for the future. Five, people I love becoming seriously ill. Six, people I love dying. Seven, air pollution. Eight is the extinction of plant and animal species. Nine is global warming and climate change. And ten is high medical bills. So I wonder if we were pulled today in 2020, what would be our fears today? As we stand in the wake in the middle of the COVID-19 virus, what would be we be afraid of? Would be if would our number one fear be corrupt government officials on both sides of the aisle? If so, I think we need a reality check. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about corrupt government officials, but not not more than this virus. You know, I'm concerned about this virus. I'm concerned about getting this virus. I'm concerned about dying from this virus. You know, that probably is my number one right now. What about having enough money? A church member told me they lost several hundred thousand dollars in the stock market from the retirement account. I think having enough money to uh, to live in the future is a very real concern, a real fear that people have. Uh, would we fear that a pandemic would wipe out the entire human species? Interesting. I mean, uh, where does global warming and climate change play into? You know, I think that some of these fears that we had before the virus are still going to be there afterwards, but I wonder how they uh, will reorient our priorities. So those are the the top 10 fears. You know, um, for me, the insightful thing is these fears can become stifling. If we don't keep these fears in check, they can run rampant over our lives and keep us from thriving. And as I said, I want to thrive in life, and especially in the midst of the pandemic, I want to thrive. I want to overcome my fears. So to do this, I want to offer you the top 10 things that I do to overcome my fears. And I'm offering these to you as a way that maybe you can take a few notes, you can take some insights. Maybe these are things that you want to do in your own life, or you want to encourage someone else to do these things. Maybe it's just one or two that you pick out. But uh, here are the 10 that I use and that I've been refocusing on in the middle of the quarantine to help me overcome the fears that I might be facing. Okay, here we go. The Poos Benson, 10 things to do to overcome fears. One, list your fears. When I find myself shaking with anxiety about something, I feel the world is about to close in on me. 
I make a list. I pull out my journal and I make a list. I, got, I get really concrete about what it is that I'm facing. I then write about it. I'm, a, as I said, a journaler. I start asking myself, where did this fear come from? Is it from my past? I ask, how realistic is it? Is this a definite possibility? I explore the fear as far and as wide as I can. Now, whatever you do, don't jam your head under the sand to, and ignore the fear. Don't just close your eyes, put your hand over your eyes, put your fingers in your ears. Jamming your head under the sand is just going to make the anxiety greater. The more you postpone dealing with the fear, the greater the anxiety will be. Also, don't ruminate over it. Uh, ruminating doesn't get you anywhere. You just cycle around and around and around about it. You perseverate over it. It doesn't get you anywhere. The only way I feel to, to uh, stop the rumination and to get your head out from underneath the sand is to write it down. Make it real. Make them real. Maybe there's a list of things you're afraid of. Write them down. Make them real. Number two, do a reality check. Is this just a monster under the bed or is this real? You know, when I was a kid, I was terrified of haunted houses uh, around Halloween time. I always went with my older siblings and they were all excited to go. I was terrified. I was terrified. The only way I could ever get over my fears was to remind myself that it was against the law for people in this haunted house to hurt little kids. It was only then that I could suck up the courage to do it. I still do the same thing. Is this a haunted house where it's against the law for people to hurt little kids or hurt other people? If that's the case, then I tell myself, I've got to suck it up. I've got to get over it. I just have to confront it. However... If this is a real situation, then I get really clear with it. Um, I get real with it. I admit that it's something that's a real tangible thing to be frightened of. You know, at least now it's out in the open. The monster is named. And when you can name the monster, you take away half of its power over you. You have to name the beast. Do a reality check. Is this a monster under the bed or is this real? Do a reality check. Three. Stop paying attention to the lies you tell about yourself to yourself. That's this is a huge one because every one time, whenever you confront a fear, that negative backseat driver is going to amp up in your brain. You know that's what I call it. I call it the negative backseat driver. That cranky voice telling you you're inadequate, you can't do something, you're a loser. You know who is going to ever listen to what it is that you have to say? Who's going to listen to whatever you, you're going to write or pay attention to your insights? Who's going to listen to your great uh, idea? You know, that backseat driver that keeps on telling you, no, 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 you can't. That is often the voice of the person or the situation you're facing. The person who's that obstacle, that situation that's the obstacle, you take on that person's voice and they're behind you in your head telling you you can't do it. Well, you know what? You have to overcome that voice. You have to tell it to stop. You have to interrupt that voice. You literally have to tell that backseat driver to shut up. And you know, for me, I've learned to, that I have to get vocal with it. You know, I stop what I'm doing and I'll say out loud and I literally will say out loud, stop it, knock it off, shut up. 
Now, this has worked for me over the, over the years. You know, I'm sitting in my office writing something to teach or preach, and that negative backseat driver will amp up and tell me, you know, you're stupid. No one's going to pay attention to this. They're going to find it boring. And what I have to tell it, I, I literally say out loud, shut up. Go away. You are not being helpful. Like, here's a funny little example. You know, for years I wanted to do a podcast, this podcast, but every time I sat down to do it, my negative backseat driver amped up and said I couldn't do it, that no one would pay attention to what I had to say, and you know what? I listened to the stupid voices and stopped. And, you know, I stopped and started with this thing so often, and I finally had to tell my negative backseat driver to shut up. I wasn't going to let the backseat driver stop me from what I wanted to do. You know, the other key insight for me is that the more the backstreet, the backstreet, the backseat driver is to actually becoming loud in your brain. The more that it amps up, the louder it becomes. It is actually an indicator that you're getting closer to actually overcoming your fears, which for all for me is always a clear indicator that I'm getting close to achieving that what I want to do. The louder that backstreet driver backstreet guys, there it is again. The louder that backseat driver is, the more I tell it to shut up because I know I'm getting close to confronting it and overcoming it. So stop paying attention to the lies you tell about yourself to yourself. That's three. Four. The fourth thing I do that I offer to you is pay attention to your ambitions. Go back to the podcasts that I did a, a couple weeks ago, those three podcasts on ambitions. Many times our fears are directly related to our ambitions. You know, when we have dreams or desires that we want to accomplish, the challenges they present often become manifest in our life as fears. When the ambition is great, oftentimes the fear is often great. That is why I really believe you have to hold your ambitions close. Write them down. Keep them in front of you. Dream about them. Make your ambition as large as your fears. Which brings me to the step five. Is that when you pay attention to your ambitions, I think the very next thing you need to do to overcome your fears is you visualize the perfect future. That's the fifth step. Visualize the perfect future. Envision your ambitions realized. Create a picture in your head of what your life will look like once your fears have been overcome and your ambitions have been realized. For me, I really believe this keeps you motivated. It keeps the momentum in, uh, to, uh, to fulfill your ambition and confront your fears and overcome them. It keeps it out in front of you. Do this by writing, creating a vision statement, a vision picture. Create something concrete and tangible that you can look at and point to that says this. This is me. When my perfect future has been realized, when I've overcome my fears, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what my life is going to be like. This is the house that I'm going to be living in. This is the car I'm going to be driving. This is the confidence that I'm going to have in myself. This is the job that I will have. This is my perfect future. That is a huge thing that keeps you motivated and keeps you going to confront your fears. Six. Take baby steps towards the perfect future. 
So our fears at times feel insurmountable. They're like boulders in the road or a bomb dropping over our head. Some people just like to climb into a plane and jump out with a parachute. You know, if that works, then take that big leap and go ahead. You know, for me, that doesn't work. Uh, That just makes me nervous and full of anxiety. And so what I do and what I encourage you to do is take small baby steps towards approaching the fears. Chip away at the boulder every day. Make a clear plan about what you can do today to overcome the fear. Ask yourself, what small thing can I do today to confront this fear? So you're paying attention to the fears. You're making them real. You're writing them down. But in contrast, you're paying attention to your ambitions. You're visualizing the perfect future. You've identified the fears that are standing in the way of your perfect future. And then you take the baby steps that you need to overcome the futures to actualize that perfect future. You know, to get over those boulders, take it a baby step at a time. What can you do today to chip away at the boulder, to chip away at the fear, to chip away at the confrontation that you're going to need to take to overcome the fear? Take baby steps towards the perfect future. Seven, be confident in your gifts and skills. The way to develop confidence is to practice Practice, practice. My mentor is Michael Jordan, the basketball player, one of the greats of all time. It was said of Jordan that he was the first one on the court and the last one off the court. He never took his gifts for granted. He practiced. To overcome your fears, you might need to practice something. You might need to practice new gifts and skills. You might need to develop new gifts and skills. You might need to go back to school and find a mentor, a teacher. Uh, you might need to find some ways to equip yourself. Then you have to trust that God gave you these skills for a reason. You've got to be able to look in the mirror and tell yourself, you can do this. You can be successful. You can overcome this fear but you're going to need to practice. Here's an interesting thing um, from my own life. You know, I always wanted a black belt in karate. And um, I always wanted to do that from since I was a little boy. And I was terrified of doing this. I don't know how to throw a punch to save my life. I have never been in a fight. I'm terrified of getting in a fight. Uh, Approaching the journey towards a black belt was felt insurmountable to me. And I had to deal with it. I had to get real with it. I wrote it down, but I put it next to my ambition. And it was something that I wanted to accomplish. I wanted like that was on my bucket list to do that. So I enrolled. I found a mentor. I found a class. And I started the journey. Bit by bit, day by day, I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. It took a lot of falls. It took a lot of setbacks. It took a lot of bumps and bruises. It took a five-year journey, but I was able to overcome this because I practiced. I took on those, uh, took on those, that challenge. I developed new gifts and new skills. I developed a new sense of confidence by practicing. You overcome your fears. You can be successful if you're willing to to practice. That's seven. Step eight, talk to a trusted friend or mentor. This is a huge one for me. Uh, I have gone back to this repeatedly in my life. Um, I have uh, to deal with uh, anxieties. I've 
always have found a mentor in my life that I can talk to. You know, I always ask a couple friends of mine that I've developed over the years, I ask them if they'll give me an hour of their time and I lay out my fears. I lay out my fears, I lay out my ambitions, I lay out my baby steps. I ask them to give me clear feedback about my fear and the approach that I have. And then, you know what, you have to listen to what they have to say. Encourage them not to blow smoke. Don't find someone who's just going to blow smoke up your skirt and tell you that what you're doing is going to be okay. That person is not helpful. You need someone who will be crystal crystal clear with you. Um, they might give you the advice to, that you shouldn't be attempting this, to stop. Um, if so, then listen to them. Ask what alternatives they see. Ask for their opinion. You know, you can do this knowing that you don't have to take their advice, but if nothing else, it's a good reality check. However, this person might have the key insight that you need to empower you to overcome the fear that you're facing. You know, knowing someone is there with you in this journey can be empowering. Ask them if they will walk with you and you can check back within, uh, check back with them as you engage the journey. You know, if it's a good friend, of course they will be with you. Of course they will walk with you. You know, they will give you insights and courage along the way. That's why, you know, having someone beside you is such a great tool to overcoming your fears. All right. Nine, engage your spiritual, your spiritual faith. You knew I was going to go there at some point. You know, you knew I was going to talk about religion and spirituality. You know, my faith plays a huge role in how I confront my fears. So let me share with you what I believe. Um, I've heard it said that the Bible says 365 times to not be afraid. You know, I don't know if this is true or not, but it sure plays well. You know, 365 times, don't be afraid. It's enough for every day of the year. I think that's a great thing. Our faith tells us to not be afraid. The Hebrew and Christian scriptures, you know, they're just full of messages from God saying, do not be afraid for I am with you. You know, this past week in one of my daily devotions, I stumbled upon Psalm 91. Uh, This one whole psalm tells us about not to be afraid. God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I am safe. Your huge outstretched arms protect me. You tell me to fear nothing. Fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night, nor flying arrows in the in the day, nor disease like COVID-19 that prowls through the darkness. I mean, the psalm goes on and on. The message is crystal clear. Do not be afraid. You know, why does it tell us, why does the Bible tell us not to be afraid? I think it's because God knows that life can be very challenging. There are daunting things uh, out there to be afraid of. There are enemies. There are diseases. There is job loss. There are relationships that break up and people let us down. There are very real fears out there. And the scriptures are clear that we don't ultimately need to be afraid because God is with us. Like a guardian, like a guide, like a stay, God is with us. God's presence gives us comfort. That strong presence of God, that strong arm of God gives us security that like a 
a hand who huddles chicks under its wings. That is God protecting us. You know, the presence of God gave uh, biblical characters such courage. Like I think of of little David confronting Goliath. You know, David shed the bulk of the armor, and instead he trusted that Yahweh God was with him, confronting the huge uh, giant Goliath. And that presence of God gave him the courage to face Goliath, to face his fears. And you know, I think for me that's a spiritual discipline to uh, to know that God is there when we're confronting our fears, that we're not alone, that God walks with us. You know, if you're a person of faith, if you're a spiritual person, then I want you to know that you should trust that God is with you and God will guide you and God will protect you. That's nine. Then ten. At some point, you have to take the leap. If you've been taking baby steps along the way, it won't feel like a leap. It'll just feel like one more small step. That's why I take baby steps in everything that I do. But at some point, you really have to be courageous. You have to suck it up. You have to take the risk. You have to know that you might fail. In fact, you probably will fail. There will be setbacks. Something or someone can knock you to the ground. That's a reality. They can and probably will knock you to the ground. You might even get fired from your job if you're confronting somebody at work. This is a really a real possibility. But at some point, do you really just want to uh, huddle and hu- in the background, terrified of of not living a full life? No, at some point, you have to decide that you're going to thrive in life. You're going to thrive in life. God wants you to thrive in life. I want you to thrive in life. And to do that, you have to take the leap. You have to overcome the fear. You have to risk rejection. You have to risk that someone is going to push you down, knock you down. And then you know what? You have to have the courage to get back up and make another run at it. That's why I say, Keep your ambitions close to you. Imagine your perfect reality. Uh, They provide that momentum that keeps you going, that keeps you going, that keeps you getting back up and going after it again and again. You have to trust yourself. You have to be confident. You have to practice. You have to practice. That's number 10. Make the leap. And 10, the amazing and beautiful thing, is when you've overcome your fear, there is such a glorious feeling of accomplishment that comes when a fear has been challenged and conquered. You know, the beautiful thing about it, it gives you even more confidence to challenge the next fear that will arise in your path. And then, you know, for me, the huge thing about overcoming fears is going back to that uh, mentor thing, is that then you can be a mentor for somebody else. I mean, it's a powerful thing when someone, when you watch somebody else overcome their fears, it becomes uh, something that gives you momentum and the courage to overcome your fears. Is that that whole notion of watching somebody? Well, you know, I think it's a key thing to note that people are going to be watching you overcome your fears, and that you might be the catalyst, you might be the momentum that they need to overcome your fears. That's why it's so huge to be a mentor or to find a mentor, is then to become a mentor. You can become an example of somebody else overcoming their fears. So there you have it. Overcome your fears. 
God wants you to overcome your fears. I want you to overcome your fears. I want you to thrive. Don't let COVID-19 force you to huddle into your life, into your house. At some point, we all have to come out and engage life. I'm excited about the future. I'm I'm nervous about the COVID-19, but I'm not going to keep it from uh, from allowing me to live my life. All right. Please remember there are many ways we can connect. You can read my blog, Cowboy Jesus. You can visit my website, www.stephenpoosbenson.com. Join me on Facebook. You can like my page, Dr. Stephen Pooh Spence. I'm trying to uh, drive as much uh, traffic as I can to Dr. Stephen Pooh Spence on the Facebook page. Also, Instagram. Um, I love Instagram. I love uh, finding your pictures from your vacations. I love seeing your dogs and your animals and your kids on Instagram. I love Twitter. I tried to tweet uh, at least once a day. Uh, once a day, every other day. Uh, so that's a fun to, way to see what other people are thinking and doing out in the culture. All right. The Steve Poos Benson podcast for another week. May God take care and bless you with a wonderful and abundant life. See you next time.